What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and we've got an absolutely packed show for you today. Defensive lineman out of McNeese State, Chris Livings, joins the podcast, as well as our first punter, Dom Maggio, out of Wake Forest. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you that today's show was brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. audibletrial.com slash podcast. I also want to take this time to talk about and thank all the people that have worked so hard during this time of quarantine. Uh, Shauna Cheryl, I know, is a avid listener of this podcast. She's been working hard uh, as a nurse, making sure that people get the care that they need. As But also, I want to thank the people that have also helped out in other ways, grocery store workers, restaurant workers, even delivery food drivers. You guys are making sure that everyone is staying safe and healthy, and I really appreciate it. And also, I want to take this time to remind everybody that washing your hands, keeping good social distancing, staying inside unless you have to are really key ways to stop the spread and what they call flatten flatten the curve. Uh, And all of you guys are a part of it. So thank you so much. And thanks for tuning in. Before we get into those interviews, I do want to talk a little bit of NFL free agency. Obviously, we talked, we had a big show on it last week, uh, last Wednesday, but quite a bit has happened between now and then. Todd Gurley signed with the Falcons. Well, first off, he got released, which was a massive surprise to, I'm sure, a lot of people involved. Uh, I I like the move to the Falcons. I think it's a really good spot for him. Uh, They've got a good offense that has just really struggled to meet expectations. They cut Devonta Freeman uh, earlier in this offseason, so now they're hoping that Todd Gurley can get back to his previous form with the Rams. And in case you're wondering, Todd Gurley is only 25 years old. That was absolutely crazy to me when I found out just a couple days ago. He's got a lot of his football life ahead of him, and most guys don't hit their cliff until they're 30. But there is a lot of miles on his body, a lot of, of, of yardage, even in college, and uh, especially with the Rams. So we wish him the best of luck there. Hopefully he can revamp his career. And the Falcons are going to need it because they're going up against two of the better teams in the NFC now with the Saints and the Bucks. I'm not ready to hop on the bandwagon just yet and uh, and crown Tom Brady the the the, the factor that makes the Bucks Super Bowl contenders, but they're definitely in a good place. But Jameis Winston still remains unsigned, which is an equal shock to me. Uh, I thought some team would snatch him up. Now there's rumors he may not even start anymore at quarterback. Uh, my my theory was that he goes to the, the Patriots and, and Bill Belichick revamps his career and they start a new dynasty out there uh, in New England. But the Patriots signed Brian Hoyer, which brings their, their total group now to Jarrett Sidham, Brian Hoyer, and Cody Kessler. So I can't imagine that there's any room for another quarterback, barring obviously something in the draft. So it seems like the most likely destination for Jameis Winston is Pittsburgh. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who knows? I mean, he's making good strides coming back, but will he be the same quarterback he was before his injury? Uh, And if not, they're going to be ready to roll almost right away. I mean, we had Jameis one of one come on the podcast a couple months ago, and he hit it right on the head all the way back then. He said that was his premier spot for him to go. Uh, Mike Tomlin's a fantastic coach. They've got a great running game, amazing defense, and some really good wide receiver weapons, um, and and a decent offensive line, especially better than what he got in Tampa Bay. So if all of those pieces can come together, uh, and obviously he he brings down his interceptions, 
that's a great move for the Steelers and one that they could probably get now for 20 to 25 million. I thought I thought for sure he'd be collecting, you know, 30 million at least, but the quarterback market isn't exactly what everyone expected it to be because they keep waiting for that that salary cap bump uh, out there. Another free agent that does not have a home yet is Jadavian Clowney. Now he's been linked to going back to the Seahawks, going to the Giants, to the Colts. Uh, I mean, pretty much all over the place. And I mean, I'm trying to sell him. I'm trying to like, you know, for, for what little little pull I have within the organization. And by that, I mean uh, commenting on their Twitter and Instagram posts. I've been pushing for Jadavian Clowney. I think he's a great move for the team. He gives them, I mean, think about that offensive line. Justin Houston, Jadavian Clowney, DeForest Buckner. I mean, that's the whole offensive line of any opposing team we play is going to be in trouble if they're facing those three guys. Uh, not to mention the the back of the defense with Darius Leonard, Kenny Moore, uh, Marvin Tell, Malik Hooker. So that's a really talented offense. And now a team that has space after cutting Brian Hoyer, uh, they've got, I think, $27 million in space. They could go after him. Uh, obviously, the Giants are a team that could definitely use some sort of pressure on defense. Having signed Leonard Williams to that questionable or franchise tagging Leonard Williams. I mean, obviously, after trading a third and a fifth for him. Uh, you you gotta you gotta keep him. That's what Dave Gettleman said. I think he said they they murder him. The fans would murder him if he let him go after trading all that capital. So just a, not not the best move out of the New York Giants, um, unfortunately for them. But then there's also staying back in Seattle. I mean, he had a really good run last year. He didn't put up a ton of sack numbers, but he was effective in stopping the run and just overall disruption on on that defensive line. And I'm sure the uh, the Seahawks would love to have him back. Barring, you know, obviously if they can get something figured out with that offensive line uh, or with that defensive line uh, and and maybe save some money because they may not want to go all in, uh, especially after re-signing Jerron Reed uh, to, an, uh, to an extension. So other than that, not a ton of sports to talk about. I mean, it's been a really slow last couple of days. We should be deep into March Madness, which I'm sorry, I keep bringing up. Uh, it's really unfortunate. But Oh, next week, something really important. Uh, we're going to have a guest on the show to recap a Netflix series, uh, The Pharmacist. It's a, just a short documentary. I think there's three episodes, maybe like an hour long. So it's pretty short, but really entertaining. So for those of you listening and you want to hear uh, our thoughts on the recap of The Pharmacist, be sure to check it out this week and then tune in next week for about 10 to 15 minutes where we talk about it because something's got to fill this time, you know. Uh, we're going to try and get as many guests as possible. We've got two today, so which I'm pumped about. It's fantastic. Two guests today. Um, hopefully some more the week after. You know, just continue to have a, a steady flow of guests. Uh, getting in contact with people that have come on before, seeing if they've got, they're have got they free to come on again. Um, and the draft is coming soon, so hope to get a couple mock drafts, which will which will uh, ease us over for, for a couple weeks at least uh, until we get to that draft point, because I think we're about a month away, a little little over a month away before the draft. Um, but before we get into these interviews, I just want to remind you again, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering you guys, these listeners, a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. After you get through this podcast, you may be wondering, well, what else can I listen to uh, while I'm stuck at home or while I'm delivering Uber Eats or uh, something else like that? Try Audible. You know, you, you get a free, you go to audibletrial.com slash NGL podcast. You get a free audiobook on us. You get to try it out. And if you like it, you can stick with it. I mean, who knows? Maybe podcasts aren't your thing, but audiobooks are. I'm okay with that. I, I'm 100% fine if, if that's the case. Um, 
Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. There's so much. It's a crazy amount of library. Uh, you're not going to want to just stop at one, but give it a try. Give it a try at least. Audibletrial.com slash podcast. And I think that's all for me. There's not really much news to talk about. The NFL's rumored about moving moving the draft um, or maybe even or moving it back a month or even canceling it altogether uh, and just doing it online or I don't even know how, maybe through Zoom. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's tough time, but we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. Wash your hands, uh, social distancing, quarantine yourself, and listen to this podcast and check out an audiobook, audibletrial.com slash podcast. All right, now here we go. First interview is with Dom Maggio and the second one, Chris Livings. Enjoy, guys. We are now joined with Dom Maggio, former punter out of Wake Forest. Dom, how you doing? I'm good, Jonathan. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. This is actually my first interview with a punter, and I have a lot of punter-specific questions, if that's okay. Okay, absolutely. Hopefully more punters to come. We need some more love from guys like you. I've been tr- it's not from a lack of trying, Dom. I'm going to be honest with you. I really have tried to get a couple on. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your prowess as a punter first, but uh, or uh, in a little bit. But first, I want to talk about your path through high school. Uh, you were actually, uh, was it all conference in baseball and what was the other sport here? I just had it. Baseball and basketball. You were all conference. So Yes. Uh, what was your sport? I know it says I saw shortstop and pitcher for baseball. What was your sport in basketball or position in basketball? Yeah, I was a shooting guard in basketball. So I like to pull up from three a little bit. Uh, I like to pride myself on my jumper. I may mm-hmm. have lost it a little bit now, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I was a, was a three sport athlete, uh, growing up my whole life and all the way through high school. Um, baseball is honestly probably my first love. Um, and then it was, it was funny how, how early the kicking thing happened. Uh, I'd been offered by Wake um my before my sophomore year of high school um so that was that really happened early um ended up committing there and the process you know usually happens later for kickers and punters so that kind of changed my trajectory I thought I was gonna uh, possibly play college baseball um but I'd committed early I'd fallen in love with wake and, and punting and kicking and I figured that would be my career path from there so yeah coming out of high school you were the number three kicker and number one punter in the country which is very impressive because I was reading up on this and only about 50 kickers and punters actually get scholarships uh, every year. So what was your, so what was, what was the swing? What, what made Wake Forest a place that you wanted to go? Yeah. So um, in my college search, I had always known I was looking for a place with great academics and big time football. Mm -hmm. Um, My search began with the Ivy league uh, my freshman year. And then I was going to branch out down the East coast and really start, heading towards schools that had already shown some interest based on um, film and had visited my school and so forth. And then, you know, Wake was on that list. They had shown some love, and I went down there and had a good camp. Um, And that, you know, that was with my dad. That whole summer we had uh, traveled down the East Coast going to these college camps uh, as a sophomore. Um, We had gone down to the University of Florida, down to the University of Miami, all in a car together, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 17 hours and back. And then we – traveled back towards Maryland and on the way we hit a Wake Forest camp and it went well and ended up getting an offer super early so um I was sold on the campus and the coaching coaching staff and coach Clawson and his staff really lived up to everything they they had said in recruiting in terms of building a program and you know developing players and 
Um, I've loved the school itself too. So it's crazy that it's all over. Um, but I had a great time there. So I'm super happy with my decision. Yeah. So your dad, Kirk Maggio was a punter at UCLA and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. So talk to me a little bit. Did he have a heavy influence on what position you decided to play in football? Like, did you, did he give you free range or was he kind of edging you, pushing you towards, uh, playing, playing kicker and punter a little bit? Yeah, no, I mean, the kicker punter position is always funny. Um, every team needs one. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'd been a quarterback my whole life. So, uh, uh, we had, we had started with soccer and most guys will, will go, you know, soccer their whole life and then transition to be a college kicker or punter. I had only played about a year or two of soccer and then I started football. I was dying to play football. I started playing when I was 10. Um, and I was a quarterback all the way up and then our team needed a kicker punter. I had my dad, uh, with me who had coached me my entire life. And he's like, Hey, let's, let's start this whole kicking and punting thing as long as you want to do it. And I had a lot of fun with it and I, you know, I excelled at it and I was fortunate enough to get a, a lot of national, national attention eventually. Um, so that's kind of how that unfolded. But, uh, Love quarterbacking. Uh, kicking and punting is a different beast. You know, you don't get to touch the uh, touch the ball every play, um, so you got to make your reps count when you get when you get into a game, right? So, totally different deal. Um, but I, I've I've loved doing it and try to have my athleticism from the other positions and other sports I played help me along the way. So, so in all these three sports, basketball, football, and and uh, baseball, I want you to give me your like your in your prime, I guess. Well, so you could obviously football now, but Back then, what what's your player comp? So if we'd never seen you play, but you were describing your play for each of those three sports, how would you say your game most look or who your game most looks like? Oh man, um, geez, that's tough. So a couple <laughs> of my basketball teammates growing up, my AAU teammates, said I looked like Kyle Korver. Okay, uh, I think it, I think that was just face wise. I don't think I could touch his jumper. <laughs> um, he's a heck of a player, so I'm not even gonna make a basketball comparison. Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, baseball, I loved watching Jeter uh, growing up. I'm, a, I'm an Orioles fan, but I was a closet Yankees fan in the sense that I loved Derek Jeter mm-hmm. and respect everything he did. So I loved watching him play shortstop because I had played, you know, middle infield my entire life. Um, you know, he, he's he's the GOAT. So I had loved watching him. And then um, football, I guess, you know, my dad had been someone I'd look up to in terms of um, punting and kicking and uh, wore number eight for – uh, that was what he wore in the World League when he actually played in NFL Europe after um, you know his NFL stint had had finished up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I have so much admiration admiration for my dad. He had coached me and spent so much time with me all the way up. So uh, the number eight was kind of for him. So I guess I, I I replicated my game after him. And then in terms of current NFL guys, I mean, I like watching uh, Pat O'Donnell for the uh, the Bears and a bunch of other guys, just trying to see what they do in game situations and take little pieces of their game and, and see if I can, um, you know, help mine a little bit. So that's kind of what I look at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was wondering, cause you said you had an arm. I want, I, I thought you would say like Johnny Hecker or something like that, uh, for, <laughs> yeah. for your comparison. Yeah. Heck of an athlete. I've heard good things about Johnny. <laughs> so here's the real question though. You were, like I said, you were named a five-star kicker and punter, but you were also named a three-star athlete. Which one meant more to you? <laughs> yeah that's funny i don't i don't know how the rating system works um in terms of espn rating punters and kickers um you know i like to pride myself on being an athlete first uh a mm-hmm. football player that, that happens to kick and punt not not just a punter kicker that you know happens to play football so that's kind of how i like to think about it you know it was an honor uh receiving such high you know status from the guys that have been around a ton of athletes both on the kicking side and the 
and the rest of the football side. So, you know, Jamie Cole and Cole's kicking has done a, a heck of a job, um, you know, coaching their athletes and marketing them as well. So any ranking from him out of high school and getting work in with him was huge um, in terms of getting national exposure. And I still work with Coach Cole and the rest of his staff to this day. You know, I was with them this offseason working hard, and they've helped a ton with exposure. So they're great. Yeah, and your 40-year career at Wake Forest, I mean, you were constantly setting records, whether it was the longest kick, longest punt in the ACC, uh, earning all ACC uh, accolades. I think every year you were there. Um, talk to me a little bit. So here's my, this is my first like punter specific question. Do yeah. you ever, do you ever hope that the offense is just kind of like a little bit stagnant, at least in the first half, not so much that you lose the game, but just enough that you can get, you know, five, six punts, seven punts a game and really build up your tape. Yeah, no, that's funny. I mean, um, I'm close with our quarterbacks, uh, Sam Hartman and Jamie Newman. It was funny. I'd go up to them when they're having a great game, and I'd tell them how selfish they're being, uh, <laughs> keeping up the field. <laughs> but no, I mean, no, you're. I'm part of a team, and there's a team sport, and I want to see our team win. And um, you know, the more I can stay off the field, that means uh, the better we're doing. And that's always what we hope uh, is the situation. Um, of course, I love getting out there when I can and and showing what I can do and and trying to help uh, put the defense in the best situation possible in terms of field position. So that's that's my goal. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I want our team to win, and however I can do that, that's how I want to help them. Yeah, it's it's always one of those things where if you if you have a career game, it normally doesn't mean uh, good things for, for the offense and, and the team in general, which is it's a tough position to be in. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Do you have Do you have a favorite punt? I have a guess on which one. At least I think it is, but I want to hear. I want to hear from you if you've got a specific one in mind. Yeah, um, I'm interested to hear what yours is. <laughs> my, uh, you know, my favorite punt uh, from this season was probably Boston College. Um, it was almost like as close, to, I guess, to a uh, you know a game ceiling punt as possible. We had we had about 30 seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, had to get the punt off and pin them deep uh, to to force them uh, for a long drive on their on their last series. We had a I forget what the score was, but they were within one score and had to get the punt off fast. And it was cool to see the whole unit work really well. I mean, Dayton, our our uh, longtime starting long snapper, gave me a great snap, and we had to get it out. And I think 1.7 seconds. That's you know a lot faster than you normally have to. And those are just little things from a punter standpoint that you kind of look at. And that was fun and being able to drop it inside the five and. Christian Beal, one of our gunners, made a great play and downed it inside the five, and that forced Boston College, you know, to have to go 95 yards if they were going to try to win this game. So it was fun to see the whole unit get together. Um, in terms of a career punt, uh, I guess my favorite one. I mean, I if I had my choice, I would love to just bomb the ball every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> different situations dictate different punts. Um, but I think Duke, my my sophomore year, I. I, I I believe it was a 74 yard punt um that was downed at the one and, and that got a lot of attention but um just super happy with that had, had a lot of fun helping out the defense in that way so i'm curious to hear what yours is though <laughs> i thought i thought you for sure were gonna say last like not this year but last year's boston college punt that one was just insane oh. <laughs> the one that that yeah where it just it stopped at the one and just went straight left like I watched, yeah. I was, I was looking through some of your tape and I literally watched that probably 20 times. I was like, how in the world did that, did that fall like that? Like what was, did you, did you try to do that on purpose? 
Uh, that's too funny. I can't give away all my secrets. Okay, but, for sure. Uh, no, I, uh, so, I mean, I guess I'll give you a little bit. We can nerd out um, as punters right now. Let's do I guess. it. Uh, we're pro around- We're pro punter podcast. So there let's let's do it. <laughs> um, but when you get when you get around the fifty yard line, you'll see a lot of guys hit that um, pooch punt where it goes end over end, and then you hopefully drop it inside the inside the five inside the ten yard line uh, with backspin. Um, when you're about too far to do that, um, but too close to hit a regular turnover punt that will fly into the end zone normally, I like to pull the nose up on my drop of the ball and try to not have the ball turn over. So it'll spiral and then drop on its uh, back nose and kick left, hopefully. And, you know, I can't control the 16 bounces that it had before it went out mm-hmm. the one, but I knew that was the general direction it was going. Um, and I had some had some good fortune there. But, uh, yeah, no, it is something I try to do when we get around that 50-yard mark there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that one was just insane. I mean, I mean, you put together quite a nice highlight reel of punts, definitely, just going through. I was just looking at him it was just wow this guy like you know you can tell when uh when you someone puts work into it and and you definitely have for sure um uh, i appreciate it yeah can we can we continue to nerd out just a little bit more i want to ask you like what are some what are some aspects of punting that you think really get overlooked that people just uh just seem to miss when you're out there on the field yeah i mean i think the biggest thing is um your hand to toe time um just having to beat the rush and you'll see different uh, schemes that punt return units will draw up. Um, and that'll change week to week based on what your unit's doing. But, you know, I mean, honestly, guys are looking from snap to kick. You want to be around two seconds and ideally um, really under two Oh five in most cases. And that's, that's seconds from snap to kick. So um, takes a lot in terms of having a great snap and then, you know, being having quick hands and being able to set the ball and, uh, deliver the type of punt you want to deliver in that situation. So, um, I think I think there definitely being a former three sport athlete and, and and guy that's comfortable handling the football, uh, that's definitely helped me being able to, you know, get the laces quick, set the ball, and then deliver whatever punt we have to 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 help our unit there. So, um, and like I said, that's more than me. That's the long snapper as well as the guys blocking up front. So, yeah. So we've talked about it before. You're quite the athlete. And I told you I'd mention it. You you dropped a mixtape on Twitter, basically <laughs> detailing uh, all of your other skills outside of kicking and punching. They include um, fake fake field goals that you've run, some some low snaps that you've handled in your career, whether in practice or in game. Talk to me a little bit about uh, what went into the process of making your your mixtape. Where where did it come? Where did the idea come from? Right. Yeah. So that was my, that was my first time using iMovie. So you guys have to cut me some slack on the plot <laughs> there. Um, not, not really Steven Spielberg material mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Soon. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, I mean, I just, I just wanted to, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, obviously we're, we're in an interesting time here, unprecedented with the virus and having pro days and workouts shut down. And, you know, I think part of that process is a way was going to be a way for me to show my athleticism and, um, I just wanted to find a way to do that. And I was going through clips I had um, of me making throws and, and making one-handed catches and, and different plays that are, you know, actually and tackles, you know, stuff that's actually applicable um, to my position and hopefully adding value to an NFL team. You know, um, I think besides my punting that, that can help separate me as a, as a prospect in this draft. So I just wanted to put that out there. 
Um, so people could take a look and hopefully we'll get that to some teams as well in the future. Mm -hmm. So what other things besides this video can you really do at this point? I mean, you mentioned, uh, basically everybody's quarantined. Like there's not a lot, there aren't scouts that are out traveling around, you know, going to pro days and, and doing all that sort of thing that really would be happening right about now. Um, what other things can you do to really prove how valuable you can be to a team? Right, and and that's something we're all trying to figure out right now. Um, and my agents have uh, been great trying to help me through this process. And it's it's something where you know I think there we flashed a little athleticism. Um, they have a lot of college film that they've seen, um, you know, four years worth, which is which should help my case. I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like was able to fortunate enough to put some good stuff on tape, and then um, you know other other kicking combines they have film from that I participated in a few months back and then you know hopefully any other workout tape that i'll send them in the in the coming days or or weeks leading up to the draft so just trying to stay in front of the coaches and i'm just you know fortunate for any opportunity i can get and and any attention i can get there so i'm super blessed to be where i am um despite all the other stuff going on and i'm just happy to be working through this process yeah i was gonna say another thing you could do uh they have like free wonder like tests online. You just take the test and then screenshot your results and then just put it up on Twitter too. Uh, okay. I mean, we'll, we'll retweet it. We'll get the word spread out there. Um, Great. But I've, I've got a couple questions here for you uh, that I want uh, that I want to ask um, that, yeah. that I've kind of gleaned from uh, just hearing reports that people have asked over the years to, um, to, to prospects, to college prospects. So I've got just five here and uh, yeah, just just be as creative as possible. But here we go. So, a bus is going a hundred miles an hour in Alaska. Where are you sitting, and why? Where am I sitting? Yeah, where are you sitting on that bus? Yeah, um, I'd like to think the the back of the bus. Okay. Uh, because of the, I remember as a kid, I guess the emergency exit in the back. Maybe I could try to uh, hop out the back while that thing's still sliding forward on any ice. It's mm-hmm. a great question. No, I hope I don't find myself in that situation. Yeah, no. Oh, I mean, I like that too because, I mean, I've never, I mean, I guess when, when they start sliding, but I was going to say I've never seen a bus back into, uh, get an accident backwards, you know, sliding yeah. into something. But uh, next question, how many ways could you use a brick in one minute? And can you list a couple if you can think of any? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, I don't have a number for you. Um my dad and I were just out out front working on uh, the patio a little bit, cutting some bricks. So there's one. Okay. Um, you can use it as a paperweight. Uh, I don't know what kind of heavy duty paper you'd have <laughs> for that. Um, uh, we can play catch with it. We like to be athletic around here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't know. A bunch of different ways. Okay. Uh, yeah. That that'll work. I, I think that that suffices for now. Definitely. Okay. Uh, you're playing Madden. What team are you picking? Hmm. That's a good question. I usually go with the Ravens. Uh, that's just been a hometown team. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be a Ravens guy, but, uh, hopefully in the next coming weeks, I'll, I'll have a different team to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I was going to ask, cause you grew up in, in Baltimore. You said you were an Orioles fan. I didn't know if yeah. you were, my dad's a Redskins fan. So I was going to ask and obviously provide my condolences if you were, but I think the Ra- the Ravens are a, a better way to go. Definitely. Gotcha. Both great franchises, though. Yep. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I under- I can be biased. You or Yeah, I can be biased. You have to, uh, you got to keep it go. neutral. Definitely. I'll, I'll be, 
I'll be uh, the the voice. Well, not the voice of reason, but you know. Uh, how confident are you that you can win a staring contest? Oh, that's I, I will have to say not confident at all. I'm a competitive guy. I'll try my hardest, but I wear contacts. Um, so I, I think that's already a disadvantage there. I think I, I might have them. Someone might have me beat with my uh, blue eyes. They usually lose to the brown eyes. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would you ever do – well, this isn't even a question. Or this isn't even a question from, from my list, but would you ever consider going like the Rodrigo Blankenship route and getting some of those goggles? No, no. I think I think he's he's owned that look. Um, that's that's Rodrigo's look, and he's done a great job in it. That's him. <laughs> I okay. used to wear backpacks playing baseball way back in the day, but – I think I've I've grown out of that look. I think I'm gonna stick with the context. Man, okay, I I thought I'd give it a shot at least. I don't know. Gotta gotta respect the specs. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, last question here. What kind of fish are you? Oh man, it's a great question. Um, I don't know what kind I am. I'll say I'm a bass, just because if I go fishing, that's usually what I'm doing. Bass fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably most familiar with those guys. I'll say bass, even though that's a that's a pretty boring answer there. It's all good. I, I I think you did did decently well for these five. Definitely a little uh, a little bit out there for sure. Um, yeah. And I'm not really sure what the right or wrong answer is. So for in my eyes, you passed definitely. <laughs> all right, appreciate it. Yeah. Uh. So let's talk a little bit about you know like like I said, uh, during this this quarantine time, you're you're trying to do the best you can to market yourself to to other people. But if you're not uh, doing that what what else can we find you doing during this time yeah i mean i think i'm trying to maximize uh the amount of time we have in a day in terms of uh working out um still working with you know one of my strength coaches around the area as well as uh my dad in terms of my form so you'll find me you know either at our workout facility that's you know uh, hopefully still open in the next couple of days and then uh just doing stuff around the house uh training with my dad um heading to the turf field and training that's really my focus right now mm-hmm. uh, i do i still do have online classes so uh i don't get to have too much uh fun otherwise in my free time so wake forest is sticking with the online classes through the quarantine uh situation so i'll be uh i'll be hitting the books in a little bit here oh gotcha yeah no uh luckily i'm on i'm on spring break right now but we're i'm gonna be hitting online school in just a little bit here too uh oh, man. not looking uh, forward to it yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk. So I've got two last questions here. Um, so you're a business and enterprise management major. Um, and and obviously, you know, if this NFL thing doesn't work out, you have to have a backup plan. You know, you're a smart guy. went to Wake Forest, like you said. What's your what's your backup plan here if, if the NFL doesn't work out? Right. Um, so I had a I actually was fortunate enough to have a finance internship uh, last summer. So I was working with an investment management company that actually handled Wake's endowment. So it was good. I got I got a little touch of the the real world. Um, uh, I'll tell you what, working definitely gave me even uh, more added inspiration to make the NFL if that was even, <laughs> that was even possible. Um, but uh, no, I think I'll, I'll stick something in the finance world once football's over, either finance or, or trying and get into a management role, uh, whether that's in. Uh, medical device sales um, or, or health and administration management, something around those lines I'm thinking. But we'll see. I'm, I'm really open to, to a couple different career paths at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one last thing before we go. I want you to talk about 
give me your your all time three. So uh, if you're building a collection of talent on the special team side of the ball, I want a long snapper, a kicker, and punter uh, that that you want to see on one team. Oh man, uh, current NFL guys we're talking about? Or are we going college or anything? We could go. Let's let's go. Let's just go current NFL guys. What we've got in the NFL. Okay. Um, let's see. Kicker, I'll have to go uh, Justin Tucker. Okay. I, I think he may have solidified himself as the greatest uh, at this point. It's been fun watching him as a Ravens fan. Um, holder, um, or punter, I guess. Punter-holder combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, I like I like Pat O'Donnell. I like watching him. I like his form. I think he's a smooth guy. Uh, he's got – seems like he's got pretty good hands. I haven't gotten to watch too much of him. Um and then long snapper wise, I'll tell you what, I have to give our long snappers more love than I do. I don't know too many of the guys currently in the NFL, but um, was it Kevin McDermott? Uh, one of the McDermott brothers was a snapper, um, I believe, and, and I've heard he's a good one. Okay. And uh, I, I think I'll go with him. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I feel bad now because thinking about it, I know like Matt Overton, but like that's about it when yeah. it comes to long snapper. So. Uh, and, and I didn't. I didn't think about how uh, how difficult that question might be. So so I apologize for that. No, no, you're good. And I actually I might have to change my long snapper. There was uh, Andrew DePaula. I'm not sure if he's currently in the league, but he was a longtime guy in the league, and he actually went to uh, my sister's high school. Um, he's obviously older, but um, he's a Hereford High guy, so he grew up in the same area as I did. I might have to change my answer to him if uh, if we're good with that. Oh, that's no, that's that's perfectly fine. Well, uh, I think that's all the time we've got here. Thank you so much, Dom, for coming on. And we wish you the best of luck in your continued process. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, hopefully we can get you back on in the future uh, coming from an NFL roster. Yeah, God willing. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. We are now joined with Chris Livings, defensive lineman out of McNeese State. Chris, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, Jonathan. How are you doing? Not a lot has been happening uh, in the NFL world recently, but luckily free agency came around, so we've got something to talk about here. Um, I, I know we talked about it before. You've been following some of the moves a little bit. Uh, what was your most surprising move? What caught you by surprise this NFL offseason? Um, I would probably have to say the the DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona. Definitely. I didn't think he, I didn't think he would leave the Texans, honestly. That was very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that seems to be a, a regular uh, answer when I ask people that question. But obviously, we're not here to just talk about, to recap the NFL free agency. We're here to talk about you. So, talented guy coming out of uh, Barbie, Barbie, did I pronounce it right? Barbie High School? Bar, bar, there you go. Bar, okay. Okay, so yeah, first team, uh, 5A All-State in, in your district, first team, All-Southwest Louisiana, Single season record with twelve sacks. I mean, like the lit, the the accolades keep coming here in high school. Um, what made you decide to take your talents to McNeese State at the next level? You know, honestly, and this is like a lot that people don't know about me. Like going into my senior year, I didn't have any scholarships like oh. anywhere, like really. And um, I think. Coach Gidry, which was the defensive coordinator at the time at McNeese State, which is uh, the secondary's coach at Florida International, I think, right now. Um, he came to my first home game 
which was played at LaGrange. And um, he gave me a scholarship after that game. I pretty, played pretty good that game. So that was the only scholarship I had. And I had one, some more interest from Texas Southern, but they were um, they were just on a ban list or something. So they couldn't play in the playoffs or whatever. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to stay in Lake Charles and I'm going to go to Make Me State, which I feel like it was kind of all part of God's plan for me mm-hmm. to go to Make Me State because I needed some time to mature, you know. And um, probably leaving Lake Charles, I probably wouldn't have been able to handle it right. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that everything worked out the way it did. Well, yeah, and talking with a lot of people that have been involved in this process, the, their junior year is like the main year that, that teams uh, are, are looking at you. Was it disappointing at all to not have a ton of buzz around you, even when you put up such big numbers? You know, like... Um, Trey Quinn. I don't know if you know who Trey Quinn mm-hmm. is, but yep. he was a senior there my junior year. So okay, it was always schools coming. Like I remember, we had Clemson at practice. We've had Alabama. We've had LSU. We've had like Power Five schools come through. So I was always thinking, you know, if I'm going to be seen, I'll be seen by some of those guys. But when it came to like spring, my junior year spring football practice, only one team came out, which was um Northwestern. And being that that was the only team I knew of, I felt kind of good. But at the same time, just for, like, no teams to be sending me any specific letters to my home, it was kind of um, disencouraging. But, you know, I just kept stayed true to the process, which is kind of what I'm doing right now in the midst of all what's going on, this virus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That was That's where I was going to go here next. Um, obviously, this is now this is the time where you can turn on the Jets and meet with a lot of teams in normal cases, but now that we're in this, uh, the coronavirus outbreak with a lot of people being asked to quarantine, what does this process look like for you now? Well, basically right now I'm, I'm in Dallas, Texas right now, staying okay. with my brother currently, mm-hmm. uh, because I was training at MJP before this whole coronavirus pandemic broke out or whatever like that. But as of right now, like, I've been quarantined, but I've still been training, though, in, like, this small selective group of uh, NFL athletes and, like, coming up prospects. So, besides training, it's coming home, like, studying, reading. I'm still in school right now, too. So, I'm a degree in criminal justice, so it kind of gives me something to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep but besides, yeah, besides training, I'm coming home and I'm eating or I'm hanging out with my family. Mm-hmm. I see. I didn't know you were in Dallas. I'm in. I'm in Burleson. We could have done this. Could have done this live. Well, maybe not. I guess with the, uh, the whole the whole quarantine stuff. But yeah, yeah, I didn't know I was. I'm right right in your backyard. I guess. Um. So, what is one thing that you try to convey to um whether it's scouts teams that are meeting with you? What is what is the thing that you're when you're trying to sell yourself? What are you talking to teams and what are you telling them? I'm telling teams that basically it's the full package with me. Like some guys you'll get, you know, not taking shots at anybody, mm-hmm. whatever it means, but some guys you'll get, they're on field, you know, they do on field, everything right is on the field. And maybe like off the field, they don't pay attention to their playbook as much, you know. And the thing is with me, like being that I've only had like one scholarship, like coming out of high school. In college, I, I started my sophomore year, played my freshman year. Being able to deal with adversity throughout my life, I broke my wrist 
which I broke my wrist, dislocated my wrist, and tore like all the ligaments in my wrist, and wow. bounced back, bounced back that next year, and set a single game record for five sacks in a game, and followed up with that the next year, my senior year, and getting all type of accolades. Just being able to deal with adversity on all levels, and on and off the field, just taking care of business and being a 3.0 or higher student, I feel like that has a lot to do with it. Just basically being a full package, well-disciplined guy who pays attention and he learns things on the fly. That's what, and just a natural pass rusher. Like a natural pass rusher is kind of hard to come by. You know, you mm-hmm. can train a guy to be a pass rusher, but when it comes to him naturally, it's something that you don't always find. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was going to ask you, so you were named your senior year Southland Conference Student Athlete of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. Which accolade means more to you and why? Um, I would probably say Student Athlete of the Year because a lot of people who aren't in like athletes' positions in college, they don't understand what we go through. You know, mm-hmm. They don't understand that during the springtime when we don't have any motivation to go to school because we're not, we aren't in season, that we wake up at 5.30 in the morning, we go 6 a.m. runs, we have class at 8 o'clock, we have workouts, and then if you want to be great, you know, you're going to put in extra work, go to the stadium, do drills, you got treatment, you got study hall, and then on top of that, you're like, you're taking college courses. And just to be able to juggle all of that while still, like, performing at a high, high level, you know, I feel like that is... uh really overlook and overshadow, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say the student athlete of the year. Yeah, well, I think, honestly, the fact that you got the one really accentuates the other. Like, defensive player of the year with student athlete combined is just, like, that's another award in itself, the fact that you were able to play at a high level on the field but also be at a high level off the field as well. Uh, yeah. I want to talk to you about your brother, Nate Livings. He obviously went to LSU, was a part of the 2003 national championship team and had carved out a nice career for himself playing with the Bengals and the Cowboys. So can you talk to me a little bit about what your relationship with him is like and has he given you any insights into what it takes to play at the next level? Um, Man, he, he's given me a lot of insight and it, it started ever since a young age. You know, um, my brother, he told me at a young age, if you want to be great at this sport, you got to outwork everybody. And, like, before I knew who my was, like, as a younger kid, like, I'm I'm going to be, like, totally honest with you. Like, I didn't like my family because, I don't know, you know, teenagers mm-hmm. or kids always go through that phase or whatever. Yeah. But now when I look back over it and I see the position that I've been put in, I just truly, like, thank God for the situation that I'm in. Because as a young age, I would probably say when he was playing for the Bengals, this was around the year they had the lockout. I don't remember what year that was. I was, like, in eighth grade. I went to Cincinnati, and he, like, showed me around the facility. Like, we were working out in the facility, like, doing stuff that other players don't get the opportunity to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, whenever I get there, it's not a shock to me. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, snap, like, I'm in the facility or yada, yada, yada. Like, I've been around it for the longest. And when he played for the Cowboys, I would go up there. I'd be in the locker room. I remember meeting DeMarcus Ware one time. 
training on a Cowboys field. This was back when their facility was in Irving. It's in Frisco now. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But back when it was in Irving, you know, he's just put me in positions like throughout my whole lifetime. Like I'm staying up here in Dallas with him right now, being able to train at a good facility, you know, and showing me the ins and the out, how to take care of your body, playbooks, what rookie should do when they come into training camp, what rookie shouldn't do when they come into training camp. It's a big advantage that I have over my opponent, being that um, my brother played in the league. Yeah, no, that's the thing that that uh, you kind of notice with a lot of these NFL athletes is that if they come into it with a mindset of knowing how to take care of themselves, knowing how to, like you said, have that talent of being a natural pass rusher, it really lengthens out their um their prime because they're able to come in right away and make a difference and then once they hit that next level then they they just take off from there uh i want to talk to you a little bit about that injury you mentioned your wrist injury talk to me talk to me about that process what it was like rehabbing and was there were you ever worried that this would have been your last moments on the field um yeah i actually remember the date it was september 23rd uh, 2017. Um, the process, it was, I didn't think it was as bad as it really was. Cause when it happened, I came off the field and I could just, I was just like, something's wrong with my wrist. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to the hospital that night and then I had to get transported to New Orleans to go see a wrist specialist, have surgery, come back. The, um, the doctor actually told told me it was a 50% chance that I'll get all range of motion back in my wrist. Wow. And just for me to be able to come back from that, which was, I feel like was a dark time in my life. Cause you know, that was my first time having a very significant injury where it like kept me out for like three games or more, mm-hmm. you know, having a cast on just in the moment when you take the cast off and you see how small your wrist is, well, how small your arm is because the cast takes up like half your arm. Yeah. It could be demoralizing, you know, if you don't have the right group of people around you. And I'm thankful for my family because um, they were always there, like help and motivation, you know, just trying to keep busy, you know, while you can't, you can't do anything. So I'm going to practice, still trying to be a motivation to the team. But it was, it was a hard time for me to go to practice, honestly. Because that was my first time not being able to play football during the season because of an injury. So, but um, to come back from that, and I PR'd in power clean. I PR'd in everything. I'm talking bench. I'm talking power clean. Like, like it just really like gave me some more like motivation. As in, like if I could come back from a wrist injury where the doctor said I would only get it was a fifty percent chance for me getting range of motion, and I PR. And everything which you need your wrist, like to power clean, mm-hmm. you you need full range of motion in your wrist. And for me to come back and PR on power clean and bench and just to be the strongest that I've ever been, it shows me that I feel like I can go up against any test. You know, as long as I have God and Jesus on my side, I feel like that I'll get through it. But I never once thought when I had that injury that I wouldn't be able to get back on the football field again. Never. Talk to me a little bit about your your spiritual life. I mean, you mentioned just a little bit ago, you know, God's plan for you and, and where he set you. People people talk a lot about um, like, like God, reference God in the sports on the field. How do you make sure that in your daily life that it's not just a cliche that you keep it, uh, you keep it daily, constant in your mind? 
You know, and I'm glad you asked me this because it is so cliche all the time. And, you know, we aren't supposed to judge people at all because we all sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try not to judge, like, judge athletes when I see that, you know. But it was a point in time when I was in, uh, I was in college and, you know, this is my first little, like, freedom. I'm getting freedom, you know what I mean, in college. But I grew up in church, like, all my life. So I know, like, right from wrong. I know that I shouldn't have been doing some of the things that I was doing, but just in college, when you get that freedom away from your parents, man, I was doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing, you know. God has saved my life so many times. And it was just a point in time, I think it was like around my junior year, my junior year in college, where God, like, he got my attention. He got my attention, and he, like, got my attention. Like, I knew it was him. Him. nobody could like deteriorate me away from knowing that it was him and I actually like changed my life around like I regave my life back to Christ going into 2019 and ever since then you know just and this is what I mean when I said um coming to McNeese like it was God's plan for me to have that one scholarship he's brought me through so many experiences he's brought me through so many tough times my wrist injury coming off an injury and getting five sacks and that is just like some unbelievable stuff you know like spirit-led stuff like all of it It can only come from Jesus and I understand that so like I came back to Christ in the beginning of 2019 and just making a conscious effort to get a more intimate relationship with Jesus every day he's spoken to me He's shown me things about myself that I need to work on. He actually told me who my wife is supposed to be, which is something that I was praying for, like, for so long. But God is all about timing. And if he would have told me when I was very first praying about who I wanted my wife to be, the timing would have been off. But he told me, like, when I got myself right and when I got my heart right, when I got my heart clean, and started to making an effort to get in a relationship with him. Then he told me, you know, so it's just making a conscious effort every day to just get a more intimate relationship with him and not always talk about Jesus, but let my life show that Jesus has changed my life. Like, is a there should be a difference when you give your life to Christ from your past self. Like, from my past self, from 2018, to now there's a big difference the way I live my life and I will keep proclaiming Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life and he saved me because he is he's done things that is unexplainable in my life he saved me many times and I'm just so thankful for how my journey is going to go you know and if it goes to the CFL if it goes to the NFL or if I don't play football at all you know if that's God's will for my life I'll be fine with it. And I, I pray this to God all the time. I ask God, if, uh, if me playing football takes me away from you, I don't want to do it. And in my mind, I know, like, that would be a hard decision for me to make, to not play football anymore. But if, like, like if I was to play football in the NFL and not have Jesus in my life, I would probably, like, go crazy and go insane, you know, or just do something reckless and just blow it all away. So I would rather have Jesus than football it sounds like a typical answer but i mean when it boils down to it for somebody who's been playing football their whole life like every fall 
since I was like five years old, I've been playing football. It's a big, it's a big decision to make. Well, I think the the way you you just worded it, it doesn't doesn't sound like a typical answer at all. I mean, that's that's an incredibly difficult prayer to say. Like you know, if football isn't for me, especially like you said, you've been working for it your whole life. If football would take me away from from Jesus, then you don't want it. I think that's that's really um, that's really cool. That's really powerful uh, prayer to, to pray. Um, see, and now you know. Now it doesn't even. Now I don't even want to ask you about football anymore. I think you know just just what you've uh, how you've how you've laid it out. It's just like you know that God's got a plan for you, and He's He's uh, preparing your life for for wherever that may take you. Yeah, and all of it is like all of it is for His glory. You know, we're only put on this earth to give Him glory, to show Him glory, like through our lives. So. If me playing football and professing it on a national level and bringing people to Christ from the NFL, if that's the way that he wants me to give him glory, I'll do it. If he wants me to do it in the CFL, I'll do it. If he wants me to do it in another profession, you know, I'll do it. I just want to be, I just want to make sure that my life is pleasing to him and that he's satisfied with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier that you majored in criminal justice. So where where do you want that to take you ultimately? What's your goal with um, criminal justice? You know, that's um right now I kind of have time, and I've been in Dallas, you know, talking to law firms, and uh, my sister in law is actually a lawyer. You know, she took her bar exam out here, and right now it's just finding what works for me. You know, finding what interests me inside mm-hmm. the um the professional law um being that i have connections you know i've always thought about being like a detective or something like that i was actually watching bad boys with will smith and martin lawrence (laughs) Mm -hmm. like a week ago and i was like dang man that would be cool to like do whatever they do but then again i'm like that's a movie so you know (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah definitely but it's kind of just like finding my group finding what interests me law really Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, like you said, you've got a lot of time here. You're working out, you're also studying, but in your free time, what sorts of things are, are you doing to, to keep busy? If, you know, I mean, if football and, and school isn't busy enough. Oh man, I have four nieces and one nephew that I'm staying with right now. So if I'm not being heckled by my nephew, which I love them all, you know, if I'm not being heckled by my nephew or messing around with my nieces, I'm either, you know, talking with my brother, just casual talk, or I'm playing the video game, you know. I tend to play the video game a lot. So I always have something to do. It's like I'm never bored, honestly. So yeah, so so you're you're also you're also playing Uncle too. So what are your what are your video games? What are your what do you like to play? Oh man, I uh, right now, because I don't have Xbox Live right now, I, I'm a Madden, I'm a Madden head right now. But okay. When I was back home, I was on Apex. I was playing Apex, uh, pretty hard. Okay. Okay. So what on Madden? What do you? What's your? What's your go-to uh, style play? Are you just playing games, or are you like franchise mode, building a team? Actually, um, like as of this past weekend, I was doing the franchise mode or whatever. And I was trying to get the rookies, like the 2020 rookies, like my, my draft class, my mm-hmm. rookie class. 
and try to um, see if I can get him on the team or whatever. I'm, I'm with the Detroit Lions right now, and dude, my team is horrible. I'm like, <laughs> I think I'm like six and eight this season right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, they're, they're they're rebuilding. You know that's why they've got you at the helm, so you can uh, <laughs> you can you can build know, them, right? build them back up. Trying to get some good draft picks. Trying to draft myself, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's good too. No, I I played. Yeah. Um, I had this one. I was the Dolphin, so it was it was pretty bad, but. I tried to rebuild the team just just signing draft picks, not not signing anybody in free agency. And it took me like, you know, a good six, seven years in the program to actually make the playoffs. So if, if yeah, you I don't doubt it. I don't <laughs> doubt you at all. If if you wanna really like, you know, if you're looking to really waste some time, I would recommend that as the course of action and sign no free agents because it'll it'll keep you invested for, for quite a while, definitely. That's a good idea, actually, man. I might, I might have to rebuild. I might just have to clean slate, mm-hmm. and give it the Giants, because the Giants is my favorite NFL team. I have to give it the Giants and rebuild, man. I think they're, I think they're pretty close to a clean slate already. So you may not have to do too much. Yeah, no, right. Get some receivers up in there. Yeah, that's Get a right. Def- uh, so let's see what, what else we got here. Um, so at, at McNeese, you put together. Pretty much an all-time all-time career here. So you're in the top ten in tackles for loss. You're um, in the top ten conferences all-time sack list, and you just narrowly missed the uh, career sack mark. What more do you feel like you could have accomplished at McNeese? Like, was there something else that you set out to do that you didn't do? Man, actually, like I never thought that I would even be in like the top 10 of anything honestly because when I first came in like I told you I was just I was just like being a college kid playing football enjoying myself and then I kind of noticed it was serious when um it was my junior year my coach pulled me off to the side he was like Chris man you can go to the NFL and then it kind of became a reality then but honestly, I really wanted to get that sack record so bad, man. Mm-hmm. And just to like, I think over the season, like how many sacks I could have had over the season off of sacks that I missed or the quarterbacks throwing the ball right when I'm hitting them. It's just like, <laughs> dang, I could have had it. I really wanted mm-hmm. that sack record bad, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I assume you're you're just going through all offseason the, the times where you, you just barely missed them, narrowly had them. Uh, but I mean, hey, that's that's fuel to to break some sack records at the next level, you know. Like that's the best oh, way yeah, to do it. Uh, I think that's all the time we've got here, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on. I had a great time talking to you, getting to know you, and let me know how that uh, that rebuild goes of the Giants. Oh, thank you, thank you, no problem. I'm glad that you um you invited me to the show. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back on again sometime. Oh, I'll be willing to do it anytime. All right, take care. All right, you too.